So, Chris. Yeah. I think we have to do it. I think we have to talk about the elephant in the room. What do you mean? Well, Something Wild is a chance to take a closer look at the wildlife, ecosystems, and marvelous phenomena you can find in and around New Hampshire. You're so right. I'm Chris Martin from New Hampshire Audubon. And I'm Dave Anderson from the Forest Society. But over the years, there's one species in New Hampshire that we haven't spent much time examining. A species I think has been conspicuous in its absence. Uh, which one's that? Us! You and me? Humans. Ah, well, we are an influential part of the ecosystem. Precisely. So where do we start? Well, we're mammals. So I thought we could talk about a particular trait that has been with us almost since the beginning. Oh man, this is going to be a long story. (laughs) We tend to view those sensory systems as being relatively unchanged throughout mammalian history. And a lot of the traits we see in mammals are um, retentions of those basic traits. That's Nate Dominey. He's a professor of anthropology and biological sciences at Dartmouth, and he's been talking about olfaction. Olfaction, that, that's our sense of smell. Yeah, he said it was really important to our proto-mammalian ancestors. These would have been pretty small mammals. So picture, it's 70 to 80 million years ago. Dinosaurs and bird ancestors would be dominating the diurnal landscape. And so mammals are thought to be these subordinate creatures. There's no way they could compete with those prevailing organisms. And so the only recourse was simply to be active at night. And since there wasn't a lot of light to see by... They would have been highly dependent on olfaction for navigating through their environment, for detecting food resources, for detecting each other, for reproductive purposes. When the dinosaurs expired, there was a void in the daylight hours. And nature abhors a vacuum. Exactly. Without competition, those early mammals became diurnal. Switching from the night shift to the day shift like that is bound to result in some changes to the organisms. And one of those changes was this shift in perception by mammals. They began to emphasize their visual cortex. Well, sure, to take advantage of all that light. And they began de-emphasizing their olfactory bulb. I'm guessing that's where we process smell. And it is. Mm. And some scientists think that there are other factors contributing to that de-emphasis. Namely? Migration. And then once we start migrating out of Africa to new places in Eurasia, especially colder northern latitudes, the odorscape shifts completely again to a very different sort of you know, environment where it's colder and it's drier as well. And so we don't have as rich an odorscape potentially during certain times of the year. Who's that? Kara Hoover. She's a professor of evolutionary biology at the University of Alaska. Let me get this right. So because we had a shallower odorscape, oh, I love that word, right? Because we had a shallower odorscape, We use the olfactory bulb less. And it kind of stopped developing. But scent is still such a powerful sense, so it hasn't exactly atrophied. No, not at all. Because just a whiff of a particular scent can take you back in time. Yeah, it's still very present, although we don't often think about it. Kara explained that it's probably because it's processed in a different area of the brain from all of our other senses. Olfaction gets processed in multiple places, like the... um, the, the hippocampus, which is where memory is located, the amygdala, which is where emotions are located. So it's, it's very delayed by the time it reaches the frontal lobe, which is the center of reasoning and abstract thought and interpretation, and it's where inhibition you know, occurs. That's why sense can elicit such strong memories. Because they're processed in the same part of the brain where memories are created and stored. And you can see that this would be a tremendous evolutionary advantage, right? You know, if you have a very negative reaction to a new food or a bad food, then it's embedded in your memory, this this smell, this period of time, this memory, and this illness. And then that helps you avoid that food. Although we've only tickled your auditory nerve today, hopefully you'll remember to subscribe to our podcast feed. I'm Dave Anderson. And I'm Chris Martin. 
Our producer is Andrew Perella. Something Wild is a joint production of New Hampshire Audubon, the Society for the Protection of New Hampshire Forests, and NHPR. 